Got the gospel transmitting all day. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here today to call on the highest power of the universe to bring peace and prosperity upon his people. The God that we serve is a deliverer and a strong tower. He is a God of stability, a God of substance, a God of authority, and a God who can solve all of our issues. So today, establish your people with deliverance, deliverance from the unemployment line, deliverance from food stamps and welfare, deliverance from the inner city housing and project living, deliverance from drug addiction, deliverance from social injustice, deliverance from drive-by shootings, deliverance from illiteracy and homelessness, deliverance from racism and bigotry, deliverance from hatred and violence, deliverance from the doom of demonism, deliverance from sin and seduction, deliverance from helplessness and despair. Authenticate us with the principles of your power so that we can dwell in your power today. excited to introduce to you Deliverance Today Ministries. Our world is full of trouble and we have reached a point where it is time to bring to the people of God the truth of God. We are headquartered in Shreveport, Louisiana and are connected to churches worldwide. Each week we desire to come into your life with a message of deliverance that will prepare you for heaven. We invite you to join our prayer line and zoom into a closer walk with God every morning from 6 to 7 a.m. Central Standard Time. We have health professionals, spiritual counselors, and Christian aid workers in Louisiana and Texas, and we'll also extend our resources to help you with social, spiritual, financial, and mental needs wherever you are.
Our text today, Ezekiel chapter 37, beginning with verse 1. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord, and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones, and caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. My message today is entitled, Can These Bones Live? As an architect, before erecting a mansion, sketches accurately all his plan on paper, a guide to himself and to his co-workers. So, prior to God's resuscitation of Israel, he sketches out his plan before the mental eye of Ezekiel. By a mighty influence from God, the prophet is taken away in spirit to a great valley in Chaldea, devoted to the burial of Israel's dead. The spot possibly was sadly familiar to the prophet's eye. The loose sand had been swept aside by some violent tornado. The bones of the buried were exposed and were very dry and bleached by the tropical sun. It was a pitiable and repulsive spectacle that such vestiges of human beings could be reclothed in flesh and raised again to life, seemed to the human view impossible. And Ezekiel did wisely to refer the matter back to God. The man of God is commanded to address these silent remnants of human nature and to announce to them God's high design. And while he spake, lo, a noise, a movement, bone sought its fellow bone. Flesh silently grew upon these skeletons, and a fair covering of skin veiled the rugged flesh. Still, it was a valley of death, a spectacle more revolting than before. Again, Ezekiel is summoned to prophesy, and this time to prophesy to the wind. Then the breath of life passed into those ghastly forms. The dead stood erect and strong, an army of living men, a nation such as was the vision, a vivid picture imprinted on the mind. Whatever may have been the fortunes of some individuals, as a nation, their fortunes were deplorable. All that was distinctive about Israel had vanished. Tithing, temple ritual, priesthood, Passover, distinction in meats, all had disappeared. They were fast becoming amalgamated in language, habits, and occupation with their conquerors. As a body, they were utterly dislocated. 
their several orders had vanished. The organism was broken up. Their national life was destroyed. Their condition was deplorable, fitly symbolized by dry and dissevered bones. Prospect of restoration, there was none. The faithful few were sinking into despair. A vivid picture of human nature severed from its living God. Compared with the purity and nobleness that might be, the condition is aptly figured by death. Filial love and trust are dead. Conscience, the sense of right is dead. Heavenly aspirations are dead. The hope of immortality is dead. Departing from God, men become earthly, sensual, devilish. The captivity of the grave aptly symbolizes their estate. The high design of their being is frustrated. Severance from God is followed by the rupture of social ties, mutual discord, and mutual hate. This chapter embraces situations that are common to today. For many today are suggesting that the church is dead. All kinds of religious movements have backed away from their previous states of high uh, experience within the society. People today feel that the leaders of the church have been brought down. We have seen the fall of mighty televangelists. We have seen the fall of churches and church groups. We've seen mega churches brought to their knees by a pandemic that has shut the doors. And many say that 30 to 50% of people will never return to the church again. So often we have seen the dehumanizing of those who call themselves spiritual leaders. And we say that there is going to be no more spirituality, no more praise and worship, no more coming to praise God. We have, think, we have thought within ourselves that the valley is dry, the bones are dry, the church is dry, and the church is dried up. But this vision captures Ezekiel looking to a God that can revive dry bones and its interpretation. It was true that in the past, Israel had often suffered a decline in her national life and has often experienced a revival. But with the fall of her capital, the burning of her temple, the slaughter of her people, and the expatriation of her nobles, her life was henceforth extinct. And to speak of returning prosperity to her in such a condition was like talking of the restoration of vitality to withered bone. Besides, the exiles were comparatively speaking only a handful. 
and to picture Judah's wasted cities as being filled with flocks of men was like mocking the dejected with hope certain to be dashed to the ground. The exposition will show how the vision was fitted to dispel such hopeless reflections, yet diversity of sentiment prevails as to whether the vision was intended to predict an actual resurrection of the physically dead at the end of time or merely to symbolize an ideal resurrection of Israel then nationally dead. The view that what the prophet beheld in vision was not the final resurrection of mankind because in the prophet's own explanation the bones are declared to be those not of the whole family of man, but merely of the house of Israel. Accordingly, the vision was designed as a symbolic representation of Israel's resuscitation. It was designed to inspire hope by presenting to the mind a lively picture of the creative life-giving power of God, which can raise even dead bones to life. The hand of the Lord was upon me, says verse 1. This was something extraordinary and unusual that was about to happen in the prophet's experience. Oh, today we can be changed when the hand of the Lord comes upon us. Oh, today we can be motivated to a higher experience when the hand of the Lord is upon us. Today, the world is devoid of spirituality because many have not allowed the hand of the Lord to be placed upon us. Just listen to the language in which it is recorded. And Jehovah carried me out in the spirit. The revised version combines the two thus. And he carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of bones, that is, of men who had been slaughtered there and whose corpses had been left unburied upon the face of the plain, so that they were seen by the prophet. Dead, but yet can be seen. Dead, but no longer moving. Dead, but no longer spiritually active. It sounds like the COVID-19 experience in the church where we have buildings but no people. We have individuals who know the love of God but don't exercise the love of God. Dead but not connected. Dead and not protected. The Bible says in verse 2, and he caused me to pass by them round about. Oh, today, we must understand how dead the church is. We must understand how people have lost their first love. We must understand how if we allow the power of God to move us and to motivate us and to transform us, he can take dead, decaying bones and he can bring life into them the first occasion by the contemplation of their number, very many, and their situation in the open valley. Literally, Pete, upon the face of the valley, 
these bones were not underground, they, where they could be uh, could not have been seen, but upon the surface of the soil, and not piled up in heaps, but scattered over the ground. And the second, by a discernment of their condition as very dry, so bleak and withered as to make it humanly clear that there was not the possibility of their resuscitation. Son of man, can these bones live? Oh, today, how many people are asking, can there be a revival in the church? Can there be a glorification of the power of God in the church? Can it be that people can be resurrected to truth in the church? It is clear from the question that the human equation had factored out the human possibility of restoration. But this devastation goes beyond the scope of human frailty. This question was not only a concern of the limitation of man, this devastation was so severe, this devastation was so profound, this devastation was so vast and so broad that the inquisitor was now limiting the divine power of God. Oh, today, how dead we are when we don't realize that God can change us. Oh, how dead we are when we have factored out the power of God to transform us. It is one thing to believe that man is incapable of an act, but when the hopelessness and the despair is so revolting that it is the belief of the preacher that the situation is beyond the realm of the help of God, we have a crisis. It is pitiful, pathetic, and putrefying to believe that a situation is so hopeless and helpless that God cannot do anything about it. This was a question that was addressed to inquire as to the hopelessness of God bringing help and healing to a distressed people. To the prophet, Israel's restoration appeared as unlikely as the withered bones that lay around. The extreme improbability if not absolute impossibility of the occurrence, at least two human reason and power is perhaps pointed at and in the designation son of man here given to the prophet, the prophet's answer. Oh Lord God, thou knowest it is not to be interpreted as proving that the prophet hitherto, the thought of a resurrection had been unfamiliar. Oh, the prophet knew what God can do. But the question is asked, do you know what God can do? Is God absent in your life? Is God around in your spirit? Have you lost connection with God? Have you lost trust in God? Have you lost belief? that God can take you and transform you? Have you lost the idea that God can bring about a change in your life? If you feel that God cannot do anything to change your family situation, to change your life, to change your spirit, then you are in the valley 
of dry bones. Today, God wants to transform all of us. Today, he wants to change us. Today, God has the power to redirect the church. Today, God has the power to take those individuals who have lost their direction and lost their way and lost their spirit and take us from the valley of dry bones. Oh, today it is time for us to look to verse 4. The Bible says, prophesy upon these bones. Lift up the trumpet and loud let it ring. Jesus is coming again. Cheer up ye pilgrims, be joyful and sing. Jesus is coming again. Today, it is time for us to cry aloud. Lift up our voice like a trumpet. Show the house of Jacob their sins. Today, it is time for us to realize that the prophet was told to go into the valley and to prophesy upon these bones. Today, are you ready to lift up your voice? Today, are you ready to tell somebody that Jesus saves? Today, are you ready to allow the Spirit of God to move you to the valley of dry bones and share in the joy of the preaching of the great evangel? Jesus truly is coming again. If you've enjoyed this message by Pastor Jonathan McCautry, please reach out to us. We would love to hear from you. Call at 318-658-6216. Email us at deliverancetodayministries at gmail.com. Write us at P.O. Box 5452, Bossier City, Louisiana, 71171. This is Ruth Ann Thompson at Deliverance Today Ministries inviting you to join us and become a faithful pledge supporter so we can reach others through this radio ministry. Before we leave the air today, I'd like to make a special appeal for those of you who believe in the power of prayer. Please join us on our Zoom prayer line tomorrow morning at 6 o'clock a.m., Central Standard Time, Zoom number 504-535-3921. There is no ID number. Come and pray with us each day. Good day. God bless you. Right now, you can have deliverance. You can have deliverance.